RPG for You and Me presents a special Patreon miniseries. Welcome to Silica Valley. back and he brought trailblazers somebody up high just, you know, what and then he shouts it again but louder <laughs> and older at this point I'm gonna like he was pulling off the um the tarp I'm gonna pull the tarp all the way off so that they can get a big uh you know they can see the big one right on top yeah I think we get uh, a short montage as the word begins to spread and you get a smaller crowd they definitely send some more individuals down to help take the load off. What I will say is that they're going to be under the impression that all of these trailblazers are for the tribe. So you had previously said that you were going to hang on to one of them for Vigo. I don't know if that's still true or not, or if you want to get everything like done and dressed here, but then just take some of the stuff back to Vigo. I'm not sure how you'd like to do that. Done and dressed and take uh, take my share back to Vigo, because I imagine as the hunter I get I get like a lion's share pick. As the one who brought in the catch, you certainly get first dibs on any of the individual trophies or items that you'd like. It's probably generally expected that the majority of the supply is going to go to help everyone, if that's the reason you brought it back. So like the meat, the skin, most of the feathers and all that. But if there's anything specific that you want uh, created or harvested for yourself, you can always stipulate that. So mechanically, what I'll say is you you guys, because you brought back all three, can get like one tangible thing from each of the trailblazers. Oh, cool. We can treat that as specific or abstract. We had talked about like using those parts to craft gear. I think that's super cool. So I don't know if you had a particular idea of something that uh, Silica would want to get out of that, or if you want to brainstorm a little bit and talk about specifics. I got two ideas that immediately come to mind. Um, if we could make cloaks for each of us. Ooh, that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. And then um, if I could fashion a, uh, like a knife or a spearhead from the talons. Definitely. So, like, I have a spearhead that can ignite flame if it hits flammable material, and then a cloak, hopefully, that could be fire-resistant to some degree. Yeah, I think that's super cool. Let's make a roll to see... Uh, so, are you going to be the one doing the dressing, or are you going to let some people in the camp help you out with that, or how do you want to handle that? the specifics of the nitty-gritty? I would definitely help the group, but... Like, I don't think I have to do the whole, like, dress down of the creature, but maybe if, like, ritualistically, if it's important, if I fashion, like, the mm -hmm. cloak. And we talked about how the plumages were different between the two creatures. Like, the, the males were much more vibrantly colored than the mm -hmm. females, but the females are a lot larger. So I think I would make a cloak out of the female's plumage uh, because it was my kill. It was my first mm -hmm. one. So I have the, the jet black uh, or the dirty gray or whatever we decided that color was. And that would be 
mine, and then I would make the brighter red one for Sia if she wanted it since she aided me in the hunt. Definitely. Um, and yeah, you could, it can be whatever color you want. If you want it to be the black plumage or the red plumage for the female specifically, that's cool. I think uh, the female specifically was the black plumage. We talked that they were just more subdued colors. Right, right, right. For either of them, like, do they have like that oily sheen to them, kind of? I would say that's probably part of both of them, but it might be uh, easier to see on the, on the black. black ones. Right, because it's it's more of a matte color, but... Um, it could reflect more in the sunlight and the the more vibrantly colored ones would probably still reflect but it would be obscured more based on its more vibrant colors. I think Sia would need more of like a a poncho mantle kind of shaped thing because of her extra limbs Mm -hmm. but something that would like attach just around her neck and then can go down the back and the front maybe? Gotcha. Yeah I think thematically that's cool. Yeah that's kind of what I was thinking too. Nice. Nice. And um, a cloak. And one of the Yar's hindrances for their unusual anatomy is that everything um, costs twice as much. Everything costs twice as much um, because it needs to be made for you specifically. But because that's literally what they're doing here, I think you being there means they can tailor cut it to to fit you in an appropriate way. So I'm not going to worry about that. uh, The specifics of that. Let's say, uh, and I agree with your assessment that if this has ritual significance, then Silica will probably have some involvement in the process. So if you would like to roll your survival as a support for the main role that uh, the person doing the preparation will do, uh, we can factor that in. To set the stakes, if I blow the heck up with this, maybe I would accomplish it all myself. Yeah. Like basically they're we're all I'm there, I'm using their stuff and I'm about to start doing it with them and then like if I get so successful, maybe I take the reins and go run with it. Basically I just outperform myself. I like that. Maybe uh Randus is the one who's overseeing this at the moment. Uh so he's gonna be there to just help you with uh direction, knowing that, you know, you've never really done this before and that's kind of the whole point of this circumstance. Can I get plus one for using my survival knife for it? Absolutely. This is a perfect survival knife situation. Gotta make those opportunities (laughs) for yourself, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with the survival knife. Hey, survival knife is champion. Boreas had a lot of good use from his survival knife. Oh, I know. Don't think I've forgotten. Okay, so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and make the roll. Do it. Uh, I got a four. Uh, Plus one is a five. So that is a success. Um, I think that means that you're definitely getting in there and making a lot of uh, solid headway. Randus occasionally interjects with, you know, oh, oh, no, hold on, lift this over here, you know, draw the knife this way. Uh, Just those smaller directions, but your hands are very able. This is something that falls together for you in a way that you've never done before. So just one of those moments of, hey, I can do this. Small crowd, uh, watching you as you work uh people come and go but uh it's one of those you know to do's when somebody brings something back you stop by you see how it's going so people are probably trying to get the the full story of the hunt from you as all of this is happening maybe it's even a little bit of a, a distraction at times while you're trying to follow randis's suggestions it's like no nah, no nah, leave him by leave him be yeah see it's like I could, I could tell you if you want but they probably don't want her to <laughs> I saw the whole thing. <laughs> he was amazing. Is Silica also going to be crafting the items himself? 
All of them? I don't know. This this is something that uh, I don't know what experience he has or if he needs somebody to help him with it or if this is something that he's got the knowledge to do on his own. Crafting the items would probably be another survival. Yeah. I don't know. This is one of those circumstances where, like, I don't want to tie the cool items you're getting to your character's ability to craft them if somebody else is here to also do the crafting with you. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just doing it as an assist to the other person uh, for the more co uh, complex crafting. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's uh, set some stakes here. So we're going to be doing two cloaks. Uh, you wanted a new spear or a new tip for your existing spear that you can, you know, it's it's the, the steel and the flint so that you can strike flammable surfaces to ignite them, right? Yes. And then... Sia, you had mentioned something about wanting to make like a fist weapon. Is that what I was hearing? Uh, she was thinking about it, but then I remembered that she's an unarmed fighter. So. What do you mean? Like, because that's her, her, she punches stuff. Well, yeah, but like, uh, I, I feel like a fist weapon, like a weapon that you use unarmed would still fall within that. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that'd be cool. I don't, to I don't, like. I don't really, it, it's like spike brass knuckles. Yeah, exactly. Like it doesn't necessarily have to affect the damage die. It could, you could still treat it as an unarmed attack, but with a different effect depending on oh, like what. Like it would give a bleeding or something like lingering damage. I would say if you want something that will cause lingering bleeding effects, the only existing rule that I can reference is the lingering damage power modifier, where like if you used it on bolt and your bolt does 2d6 damage, then at the start of the enemy's next turn, they would take 2d4 damage. Mm. So it, it lowers the damage die type by one and lasts for that. So if you wanted to do something similar, I would probably say when you hit with a raise on your fighting attack and you get like the raise damage die, maybe you have a lingering bleed effect that rolls into that. That'd be cool. Um, Balance-wise, I would probably need to think about the specifics for, like, how much that would actually do. What is your normal unarmed damage? Oh, it's a strength plus d4, and my tail is a strength plus d6. Okay. And what's your strength? Uh, it's a d8 now, because that was my advance. <laughs> okay. For for balance, just to see how it goes, let's say it's 2d4. So if you, okay. if you hit with a raise you get your normal bonus damage die, which is the D6. And then at the start of their next turn, they take 2D4 additional like laceration or bleeding damage. And that's not continuous. That would just be like the next turn. Does that sound reasonable yeah, to start? Cool. We'll see how it goes. I really like the, the spear tip for igniting things. At any time that you feel that would be applicable or would tie in somehow, please feel free to, uh, to bring that up as a reference point. Uh, do you have any other ideas for like what the spear would do through use of that or what would be cool? Uh, no, I think it just it would, can spark. I might be able to like coat it with oil or something to that degree. And then when I attack people with it, it might light it on fire, do some sort of heat damage or anything like that. Or I might. But I just like the idea by keeping it really simple and survivalistic. It's just I can make it so I have a, a flinting edge on, on the spear tip. So that's flexible Very enough cool. that that could be cool later if uh opportunities pop up absolutely well go ahead and uh, roll your survival to assist again and then we can uh, make a roll on the the main crafting cool i got uh, another four four and a three another four success all right let me uh let's see your your main craftsman i would think probably at least have a d8 because they're 
they're not just professional, but they've been doing this for a long time. So mm-hmm. let's see here. Uh, they got a three with your plus one. That makes it a four. Success. So as an abstraction, I think that means that over, uh, and this is a more general period of time. So even if it doesn't happen in one setting, you assist them in further taking apart all the items and uh, manufacturing the super cool trailblazer cloaks for yourself and Sia. Uh, do you want your existing spear to be updated with a new head or did you have a new, did you just want a new spear entirely? Just the existing one, new head. Cool. And then Sia, what does your, uh, what does your new weapon look like with the, the trailblazer talon worked in? I think it's some nice sturdy leather gloves, but with each of her, uh, maybe it's between her knuckles. So like it doesn't punch back into her knuckles mm. is like just the slightest little triangle of like chipped obsidian looking flinty talon that they like filed down for her. Very cool. So it's, uh, you don't want to even like nick it, right? Just looks, you look at it and it's like, ow. Super sharp. <laughs> I like that. That's uh, thematically very cool. Oh, could she like rake it against like walls to make sparks? Sure. For distractions or something. I don't see why not. For making thematic sense, I think then your your weapon does that. The spear should probably also do the same thing, right? Like that makes oh, sense yeah, to me. Yeah, that's just cool. So yeah, if this is a a super sharp bleeding mechanism, uh, then for I get the uh, lingering damage effect too. Yeah. So if you hit with a raise on your attack, uh, any damage you deal that turn normal effect but then the start of that enemy's next turn they take 2d4 damage from the the lingering bleed i don't feel like that's outlandish but you could get a really cool blowing up roll with 2d4 so who knows i'll eat my words the next time you nick somebody with like the tiniest spear point and they bleed out immediately It's like the anime slice and nothing happens and then the next turn blood sprays everywhere. And it's a shot from like they've already gone past and still is like, huh. <laughs> Well, um, if I'm reading the lingering damage, it's uh, suffers powers base damage minus one die type. So basically if I do, my, car- my spear does a d6, so they the next turn they take a d4 of damage. Okay, well then let's reduce it to just 1d4 based on the die type for balance purposes. That sounds good. On its own, probably won't do a lot, but if it blows up, cool. Yeah, especially if you press the attack and you hit him again and then you've got another die on it. Like basically on a second hit, I do my strength plus a d6 plus a d4 on that second round. So that's nothing to shake a stick at, so... (laughs) It's funny because the spear is a stick. Either that or making an armor piercing. I think that that would also kind of fit the. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if, if you would rather have it be armor piercing, I think that makes a lot of thematic sense as well. No, I like this one better. <laughs> so it's. Yeah. Okay. We can always modify it later to make it armor piercing. That's also true. So many animals to find. <laughs> The animal hunting expedition. Yeah, so you got a red cloak. I got a black one. I imagine the black cloak is a definitely has a status because that's the big hunt, the big get, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. It's much more noticeable, especially you know out here in the desert. Yeah, the stark blackness. 
stark black yeah and i think um i i don't know that i want to tie any like direct mechanical penalty to it thematically there could be a stealth penalty both because of the color and because of the reflective sheen on it like if it got caught in the light it could be but i don't feel the need to penalize it in that way like the the mechanical benefit is that it gives you the the fire resistance right i mean also you could like you could say like if we're doing mechanics it's like in the day it's a penalty at night it's a bonus you know i don't care gotcha oh way. i think that's cool actually yeah so if you guys would like to codify it that way then uh it'll if you're wearing the cloak it gives you a penalty during the day but a bonus at night for that sounds black cool. one. it's not like a labor intensive thing to equip so you can easily you know throw this on or take it off as necessary like i don't i'm not gonna trap you probably in a position where you have to do that unless somebody you know sneaks up on you we'll see yeah, who knows? yeah, it's <laughs> who would do that? I would imagine it's a free free action to unbutton and and drop. So to whirl it into the air in classic anime style. Oh, I love that Shh. shit. <laughs> I could use it well, as a whip, a right? That's uh, that's the alternate. <laughs> yeah, just gotta <laughs> twirl it up a little bit. Ha! <laughs> it's an improvised weapon. Mm. Yeah, strength plus d four damage. Only I had tavern brawler. <laughs> I'm just trying to distract them. I'm on. I want to distract them. Yeah, that's great. Okay. You can definitely do that as a test. Classic. You are moving through and uh, helping to create these items as Randus looks on and continues to offer advice. I think at some point a while ago, he did uh, murmur to one of his compatriots to go off and let Heist know that Silica had returned triumphant with uh, a major bounty from Trailblazers and, uh, you know, just to really hype you guys up. You know, uh, while you're... How long are you going to be here for, boy? Uh, I just... Coming uh, back to us? I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still on a, on a job. We got, uh, we got some stuff to, uh, scout out. So I, I'm currently, I'm currently, uh, working. I, I got, I got to make some deliveries. I got a few, few things to take care of, but, uh, is there anything you guys need? Oh, well... There's always more that we need, but uh, this is this is quite a step in the right direction. You're young, I know. You've you've got a lot to do. You've got to get out there and see what there is to be seen. But uh, you know, you'll always have a place here with us, you know, as long as you contribute, which you have this time. Waves a hand towards uh, the remains in front of you. Mm -hmm. But while you're here, you might as well do your rounds. I know uh, Kadu would. I assume like to see you, like to hear from you at least. Yeah, yeah. I already told her you're coming. Oh, good. Um, yeah, I think I'll go check in with her. Oh, you do that, and I'll be sure to tell everybody what you've done. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, this was uh, I don't know. I, I was. I, I've, I, I, I'm still kind of bewildered by how. How, how that all went down I I didn't think I could do that all I don't know see it helped me out a lot here oh you just need to have more faith in yourself son life comes at you fast and we all have self doubts but uh, I think you'll be amazed what you can accomplish when you put your mind to it and sometimes with a little bit of luck but uh, you came out on top and that's what matters yeah, 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 I did. You're still here with us. And he yeah. picks up a, maybe he picks a stray feather uh, that was left from uh, all the crafting and 
holds it out towards you and then looks around and just tucks it somewhere into your clothing. Like maybe there's a front pocket and gives a little pat. Maybe tucks it into uh, my armband. That's perfect. There you go. Don't be afraid to let your colors fly. And of course, keep your eyes out for those Breon folk. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the Breon uh, a little bit ago. Oh, well, he got away. That much is clear. <laughs> yeah, they uh, they don't take to the sand as well as I do. <laughs> as it should be. Well, don't let this old folk keep you. Thanks, Brandis. Thanks. I like to think that in the back of every one of these, like, heartfelt homecoming conversations, Sia is just, like, awkwardly in the background with no place. <laughs> just, like, milling around. Whatever, I called out to you. I said that you super helped me out. Stop. <laughs> I, I threw in net. Like being was, at a net. That's all I did. Yeah. It's like being at a family reunion. Uh, and it's not your family. Yeah, it's so <laughs> awkward. Oh, Silica, your friend. She looks tasty. Should we <laughs> throw her to the swivs? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> uh, oh, a ripple of laughter that goes out as everyone with an earshot laughs at Sia. And it's like good, <laughs> you know, good natured laughter. Seeing how uncomfortable you are, yeah. we pan over to one of the giant swivs, you know, reaching the bottom of the cliff, and it just goes. <sighs> uh, she is about as red as her new poncho. <laughs> oh, look, your match. I do. It's a camouflage reflex. When I uh, walk up next to her, I'm going to subtly, like, point out, those are the swivs. <laughs> no, I got that on account of the noise it made. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> God, what a creature. I love these guys. <laughs> They're great. What color are they? In my head, they were like primarily black scaled with yellow modeling, but I think that's just based on a picture I have in my phone. Of it a might, Gila monster? might even be a Gila monster from Hershey Park, honestly. Oh, that was one of the first pictures I took with you. They can be whatever color uh, suits them. Komodo dragons are usually more of a dark green, but it's a desert. I like the idea that they're, like, dark with yellow. They probably don't get too much shine to their scales because of, uh, you know, all the dirt and debris. Or maybe that makes them shinier. You know, polishes them. Ooh. I think they, they, they probably just have, like, a residual dust all over them. Kind of like Komodo dragons. Like, how it's, like, kind of just, like, a gotcha. dusty. Yeah, I really like that. That's cool. I'll uh, take my leave and try and head over to Hikaru. Okay. What do the core events look like at this particular location? Or where are they located? We basically start moving into the actual uh, like tunnel structure inside the cliff. So there's like there's paths on the outside of the cliff that kind of leads up ladders and stuff like that. But there's also like burrowed and tunneled structures into the cliff face. The vents, they come up waist height. They have like crystalline salt, but it's quarry small quarry crystal formations along the, the rims of them, kind of leading down the side, kind of like how minerals build up in caves on um, mm -hmm. stalactites and stalagmites when that flows through. And then there's just colored steam coming out that matches the quarry vent inside. It's not heavy steaming in, in these areas that illuminate the area from the inside of the vent. Are you thinking this is... um? a cave like it's more condensed or is this in the open air uh i'm thinking this is 
just inside the like the the, the cave entrances, like these first few vents that we uh, run into. Okay. There's still some light coming in from inside, and maybe even if there's a almost a doorway, and then it's carved out, and maybe like a window without a pane or anything in it, that's still letting it vent uh, on the inside here. So people don't usually hang out in there unless they're in the midst of practicing or training or honing themselves because prolonged exposure can be dangerous. Yeah. They might also like cap it or secure it so that it builds up more and more when they want it to. Okay, that's cool. Are there um, younger individuals around? If this is a training area, then maybe we get a shot of several of the younger tribe members rushing by or, you know, one of them runs out of the cave and disappears further up the tunnel or stops as soon as they see you in front, eyes open, a wide like a deer in headlights. Hey. Hey. A young Nakir girl, close cut, dark hair. Is this somebody that you know, do you think? No, I think it's someone not that I know well, I guess. Like, they were a very young child before I left. Mm. And they're just, it, maybe they just started training uh, for their abilities in earnest. You know, more than you just give a young person who you want to make sure, you know, whatever their abilities are, don't explode something or something to that degree. <laughs> I was just thinking about that earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, that like when. Athena was younger, maybe one time before they knew she could do anything, she just like sneezed and it bent like the silverware on the table or something. And they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like Jack Jack and in Incredibles 2, like, you have powers? Yeah. Oh, God, you have powers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, this is a both a scary and a, a, a exciting day. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of that. In the setting as a whole, given that literally anybody can be born with these abilities and nobody knows how they'll manifest and what exactly they'll be, uh, there there are probably entire industries devoted to this. Daycare? Wild. You do not <laughs> want to work there. Yeah, no, never. Yeah, so this uh, young girl stops and sees both of you, uh, strangers that she's never seen before, eyes wide, and she says, Uh... Hey, um, do you know where, uh, Karu is? Yeah. I'm Silica. I, Heise's offspring. Um, I've been gone for a while. I just came to check in. Oh, you're Silica. Okay. And she sort of does, you know, a child, a big, like, looks you up and down and says, I can see why. And then uh, turns and starts walking away and says, this way. Sia grumbles to herself. These kids are rude everywhere you go. <laughs> There's a moment where me and Sia like kind of like look at each other and then I go and catch back up with her. You can see why what? Oh, I mean, you're just, you're tiny. You know, you're scrawny. That's what he says, at least. But you're alive. I mean, he kind of sounded like he didn't expect you to be, so. Are, are you talking about Heiss? Yeah. He's the big, the big Karnak, right? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of looks like you. He's just bigger. Yeah, I wasn't as big as he'd like. I'm going to be really big when I get older. Uh, that, I hope that, that, that goes well for you. 
better make sure to eat up every time. I brought some trailblazer back. Maybe uh, maybe I could get some of that for you. Mm. Uh, Sia is going to prepare a boost strength for Set when he meets his dad, just to make him look beefier. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. She doesn't like this low-key negging that's happening <laughs> to her new buddy. <laughs> the young girl says, um, my name's Isabel. Hey, Isabel. Do you, do you train with Kadu? Yeah, I do. I'm doing really well. That's what she says. That's great. I I used to be pretty good in her eyes, too. What happened? I... Did you forget? No, it's... Somebody got hurt. Oh. And I needed... I needed to leave for a little while. And you're back now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zeph, uh, Zeph, uh, uh, he needed, he, he asked me to help out. Oh, I don't like Zeph. He scares me. He just looks so mean all the time, you know? The wind will do that to you. Squitting a lot out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever, you ever been in a, in a car? A car? Yeah. A, a truck? No. An automobile? Like Zeph Scott? Yeah, I've we have those. I've seen them. They're loud and they smell kind of weird, but not as weird as a, a swiv. Have you gone real fast in one? How fast do they go? I can go faster. Swivs are slow. You know those the the beetles? Yeah. I can I can outrun those in my car. No, you can't. Yeah. I saw him you're, do it. I was there. You're yeah. lying to me. No, no. I'm going to tell Kadu that you're lying to me. You can tell Kadu. She'll, she, I mean, she'll tell you that cars can do that. Some of them. <sighs> Maybe not Ziv's. Right. Said, show her the, show her sand thing. But, but she loves that. What can you do with, uh, what's Kadu teaching you to be better at? It's a good question. Allie, what can Isabel do? Isabel can... One thing. One thing she can do because she's a kid. She can make... She can make ice. Okay. Out of water in the air. There's not a lot of water, but she's trying. So she can, like, make frost? Yeah, like a nice little frost cover. Okay, do you want to roll a d4 and see if she can successfully do something here? Three. Three. Um... So she she pauses and leading you guys up the, the side of the cliff. She says, well, I can do this. And she holds out her hand and you can see the muscles straining in her arm starts to grit her teeth and then her lips purse and her eyes are getting wider and you can almost see a vein forming and she's like, maybe there's the faintest chill in the air and just a droplet of sweat runs down her hand. She goes, yeah, I can... I just did it a bunch. You came, you came too late. You can make ice, kinda. Uh, did her breath start being like visible from the coldness, just dropping a little bit? I like that a lot. That's yeah, cool. that's really cool. Oh wow, you can you can sink heat away. Uh, is maybe is that what that was? I mean, that's really. I mean, that's gonna like you know how helpful that is with. You know, with um, 
the humans and uh, the other people that can't stand up to the heat as well as like Karnix like me, that can, oh my God, that can, that can, that can save people's lives. I thought it would be something important. She says, puffing herself up a little bit and soaking in your praise like a, a flower in the sun. <laughs> you don't seem so bad. Here, let me show you a little trick I can do. Okay. I'm going to put my hand on her shoulder and then I'm going to cast Static Sense. Okay. So she can see better. Like everything's going to just, her vision's going to change. And I think that's a little bit more impressive than the sand thing. Sure, go for it. So uh, I'm going to add rolls. Roll my Essence. Essence. Oh, this isn't freak the kid out. I got a five. a five. Okay. Well, she's been starting to learn about control of Corey, so I I feel like she's had a crash course in effects, or you know, had other things used around her, so she probably doesn't freak out, freak out. But she she feels that you described it what is like a tingle, a tingling sensation before. It's like when you can feel someone hovering over you, but you can feel that all the way around you. You can feel the where the wall is over there. You can feel the shapes that you see when you look around. Gotcha. And also her vision will be extremely uh, color shifted. Like if you turn the exposure way up, the, the color itself like becomes more vibrant. Oh, the saturation. Yeah, saturation. Mm -hmm. So you touch her and she lets out a small of surprise and just stands pretty rigidly as she open mouthed and wide eyed looks around at the environment and says, you can see like this all the time? Only when I really, really try. But I can see like this, even in a sandstorm. Wow. This is cool. She goes up and she's uh, pulling at both of your cloaks now. I think probably more specifically Sia's because it's so much brighter. Dad, this looks completely different. It's so cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, it helps at night too. Wow. Think I can do this? Maybe maybe you can learn how to do it too. Wow. She turns and starts to run around the corner and you can hear her uh, jabbering like, Kadu, Kadu. Silica just said that I can do, that I can see stuff and I can see stuff and, you know, rambling on, barely making sense as you guys turn the corner. This is up on one of the little mesas. So I think there's just a little bit of a clearing area a crescent of rock that goes up to provide, you know, more shelter from the sun if necessary. But this this is more of a communal area. You know, there's probably at least a table or two, some seats here, a cooking fire for when it's necessary. Seated in one of the seats with a couple of other youngsters in front of her is Kadu. She is Nakir with light green skin with yellow-white marbling through it, just to set off the accents. And she's got uh, an undercut bob with one of those classic Padawan braids that falls down, you know, maybe to her mid-shoulders. Sandy blonde hair. And she's got a serious, maybe not a severe expression, but just uh, a nat not a resting bitch face, but just a naturally... Stoic? Stoic. Stoic's good, thank you. It's probably better than McGonagall-esque. And she's uh, mid-bite, shoveling something into her mouth as uh, Isbel turns the corner and starts to waylay her with descriptions. And she politely sits and uh, listens indifferently as she continues to chew. And then uh, looks up and see, sees you guys approaching. 
regards you two as you uh, turn the corner and she continues to listen to Isabel jabber on. Sia leans over to Set and says, uh, real, real quick, Silica, is that, is that your secret identity? Uh, I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to pretend I didn't even notice, but everybody's been calling you that a lot, so. Yeah, that's my, um, that's, that's my name here. Well, I'll call you whatever you want to be called. Call me that when we're here. It's it's easier. They, I don't want anyone getting confused. I gotcha. But yeah, so you guys are muttering to yourselves as uh, Kadu continues to listen to Isabel. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think she's eating? What sort of do you think it's like a stew? You guys get a lot of uh, swiv eggs that you can use to make giant omelets and stuff like that too. A swiv egg drop stew. <laughs> She listens to Isabel and then at a certain point cuts into the conversation and gives is sort of like, yes, yes, dear, that's very nice. Um, now be along, you know, go back to your studies, join the others. And then she'll be, oh, okay, yeah. And uh, hustle off, leaving uh, the two of you to speak with her. And she takes the last bite of her bowl, sets it down, finishes chewing and swallows, pushes herself up to her feet to walk over and Probably does one of those, like, steps around you to get a better look at you. Walking around, eyeing you up a little. Well, you're all in one piece, aren't you? Most of them. (laughs) Well, if you made it back okay, then I expect you're doing all right for yourself. What's the occasion? Why are you coming back now? Help the tribe out with some, um, trailblazers. Trailblazers? She zeroes in on that. Me and my uh, friend Sia here. Hello. We took down three of them. I heard that we needed them. She lets out a short chuff of a laugh through her nose and says, Well, you're being so modest about it. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't have expected that from you. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I'm just worried about worry about heist. I'm just a little nervous. What are you worried about? I mean, when I left, I was upset and he was angry. I just don't, uh, I don't know if I'm ready to see him again yet. Of course, I can understand that. But your worth is through your actions, isn't it? And if you've brought back three trailblazers, she eyes Sia a little bit. Whether you acquired them directly or through other means, still speaks for itself. I got these. You shouldn't shortchange yourself on I, it. I. Oh yeah, he I hunted sh- these. Shot one and killed the other ones in a pit. I I saw it. I was there. She's willing to certainly take your word on it. She threw in a catch-all, just to be like, just in case you're lying to me. But I don't care. Yeah, but uh, I I've just like I've kind of like get that defensive puff up a little bit like no i i hunted these oh of course you did boy of course you did and she pats you finally on the shoulder well this is certainly more than was expected of you at least uh since t- anyone has heard anything for quite a long time you're just passing through or you're here to finish your training hmm i do want to train with you a bit mm. but there's some things i'm actively pursuing right now but I have some time I thought since I uh, took care of this and I'm a bit overdue for it 
maybe I could get back to some of my studies with you. Mm, quid pro quo, hmm? Well, I... That's the way of life, isn't it? Prove yeah. your worth, give something of value, gain something in return. Perfectly adequate. But uh, if you stop by for more than business now and then, it might be nice. After all, it's been years since I've seen you. But no worries about that for now. And uh, your your friend here, what what was your name again? Oh, I'm Sia. Sia. I don't. Is that a, is that a name? Is that how people name themselves? Where are you from, Sia? Uh, not here. She immediately uh, rolls her eyes and uh, turns back to Silica. This is the riveting company keeping you from us, hmm? He, he was nice enough to take the job that I, I'd posted because I'm just wildlife. Wild yeah, she she's my employer right now. Oh, I see. Is this a, a spot inspection? You want to make sure he's up to snuff so you come and uh, poke your nose into our home? Is that it? I was just in the same Jeep. I brought her here. Now, of course, I trust you, boy. Don't worry. Keep an eye on you. Points it. Yeah, Zeph needed me to bring stuff here, so I asked her to come along with me. Any employee of yours is a friend of ours, as long as she's trustworthy. So far. And if she brought us supplies, then I suppose she is. Big, tasty supplies. She helped with the hunt. That's why I gave her her cloak. Yes, it is rather eye-catching. Dressed finer than some here. To the hunter go the spoils. It's our way. How's the training been going? How are, how are the kids doing? Oh, some of them are doing quite well, like little Isabel. She's very talented. And some of them are... Well, they're awful, but you know, they need to gain a modicum of control, and that's what I'm here for. A modicum, if nothing more. How have they been surviving? The same as they've always been. We haven't had anything too... What's the best way to put this? I know there are accidents and it's dangerous out here, but the young ones are doing well. We stay on the move. We keep supplies coming in. It's it's good that you came when you did. Fuel reserves are lower than they've been in a very long time. I hope that's not a portent for things to come, but who can say? Yeah. But I uh, got my own truck now. Really? Look at you, boy. Your own truck, bringing back three trailblazers at a time. A big city employer. I've never seen a city before. Yes, I certainly believe that. <laughs> I don't know why she's lying. <laughs> she's worried. Yeah, like your undergarb is still like much cleaner looking. It's clearly manufactured rather than handmade. Like, you, you don't belong here. Well, my one hindrance is outsider. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's appropriate. Yes, I don't imagine you'll find any secrets worth peddling out here. Don't worry. We're just a bunch of nobodies minding our own business. So best you do the same. Fine, I'll be over there then. I didn't say you had to leave. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I said keep it to yourself. She walks over the cliffside just looking. Don't get too close. I'm fine. A stiff breeze. She walks back just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
It'd be really funny, like, she goes to the cliffside, she says a stiff breeze, glances back, and then she turns around. One of the swifts, like, just crawls across the, 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 the front part, like, right up and over, and then continues upwards. So she, like, turns around, it's just this big lizard. It's like, <laughs> and then, like, there's, like, a rider on the back, just, like, waving. It's great. Up, up. <laughs> he neckers at it, moves it across. Also, I, I do know that Sia has Wall Walker as a Yara, so yeah. like if she she's was, not worried, but... as long as she's like able to grab on, that's the main thing. And she's got the reach with her tail, you know. Just, yeah, <laughs> I like the image of you stabbing your scorpion tail into the the cliff and just dangling from it, <laughs> <laughs> swaying in the breeze. That'd be a really fun flex. It's like, oh, be careful, right. don't fall. Oh, you mean like it just walks over the side? <laughs> oh no. Like Aladdin. If she was more daring, she's oh, not. <laughs> Aladdin stepping over the balcony with carpet there. <laughs> Kadu turns back to you, Set, and she says, oh, Do you have time now? Did you want to rest for a while? What can I help you with? I got some time right now. Maybe if we can train for a little bit, see where I'm, I'm standing, maybe offer some pointers. Of course. You can always improve. I haven't seen you do anything, and you've been gone for years, but even I know that much. Uh, would you like me to, like, roll an essence die to use some of my powers or anything to that degree? Yeah, so, um, let's talk about, like, what you guys do for training specifically. Um, she would probably, I mean, she'd probably want to get a gauge on, you know, what your capabilities are now. So if you'd like to activate some powers and, uh, tell me how Silica is going to present his mastery to her at this moment and then she can maybe get a better game plan for what you need to focus and work on. I'll just start off with my really basic skill, which is the sand cloud, and just start like reaching to my pocket and pull out a handful of sand and start and then hold it up and let it start draining out of my between my fingers. And then having that start to billow into the room and start moving around and whipping around and just lowering the light in the room for starters going from there. Very cool. Okay, go ahead and roll to uh, activate first. And you guys are in one of the vent rooms now? Uh, yeah, maybe uh, if she was eating up there and then we walk down to the yeah. vent room. I could start she oh, dusts yeah. off her hands and uh, starts leading you back down uh, around the, the tunnel entrances. She says, your friend can come with us if she likes. I think she, she, she follows along like a puppy who's been lost because she doesn't know where to go or anybody. So she just kind of tags along at a distance. It's like look, look in through the porthole window while the gas is hitting you in the face. <laughs> oh man, she if she sees like unfiltered core vents, she's going to be like, I am not going in there. Yeah, she she has no interest in going into a, a room filled with unfiltered Cory. She's like, you can, you can get folia from that. I'm not going in there. Yeah. Well, suit yourself. Wait outside. If your body's not tempered for it, then it's probably best for you anyway. Best for everybody. You shouldn't be breathing that. Well, maybe a city slick like you with your dirty air. Goodbye. <laughs> you and your dirty lungs. That's the Cory can only stick to pollution, so if you just never get in the It's like you could eat off my lungs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then I'll go ahead and roll Essence to get the sand cloud started. When you're in this room, you probably get a plus one to activate just because you're immediately exposing yourself to it. So you can feel that extra surge of power in the air and through your veins. 
eight blows up to a uh, 10 total. Success the raise. So that's a success. Yeah. And that would get make the darkness in the room six. Yeah, it's literally a dark- pitch darkness. This is, is, there's no light left. So you guys are standing in this room. The gas that's coming out of the core events, are they different colors here? Or is it all one color, like one type? Odds or evens. Odds, it's all one color. Even. It's different colors. So maybe there's like a, a light couple of shades here, like uh, red and yellow, just light billowing in the air as you're doing this. I'm imagining this room is more circular, and they probably have some props in here for training purposes, but they've hollowed out some of the, the cliff face to make this little area. And you activate your abilities, you create that blanket of granular material that just completely blots out any light. And as she's watching you go through the motions, uh, she's walking around you, you know, just again, just watching your form. She'll occasionally step in and just nudge your hand here or there to be like more straight motions. But especially as you completely blot out the light, she would look impressed if you could see her, (laughs) which I guess you could with your static sense if uh, that's activated. I haven't used it on me, and I haven't used it on her yet. I was, uh, next, I'm gonna turn on Static Sense for me and her, if I can make that roll. Go for it. But you just hear her coming through in the darkness and just saying, Impressive, boy, impressive! Much power behind this. I rolled a seven. So, yeah, uh, we both can see through four points of the penalty, but not the other two. I think that's actually cool thematically because she can see, but then she can still appreciate, you know, the blanket of darkness for what it is. So it's almost like you can see through the the immediate darkness between you, but at the edge of the bubble, it starts to fade into maybe like a, a cloudy darkness. Like there's a little bit of light poking through on the other side, but you still can't really see what's beyond it. You can see, but it's still obscured with uh, with the sand that as it's moving and whipping around. You're getting more creative with your applications. This is a far cry from just moving piles of dirt. Very impressive. I want to use my abrasive aura so that the sand starts whipping in a way that could cause damage Mm -hmm. to anything that's adjacent. But I'm going to choose to exclude her. So that's a a power modifier. Yeah. Uh, Selective. So that's uh, going to cost me five power points t- uh, total. So basically, like thematically, it's just the room's going to start like you can start seeing that it's chipping away at the walls and at the uh, material inside. To anyone that anything that's adjacent to me is just going to start scattering and, and sanding away. So basically, the, the cloud's going to start whipping faster and faster and faster. If you're standing closer to a wall, it'll like, you know, shear down part of the wall and start to polish it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I critically failed. Oh, oh no! Oh, no! So, yeah, on a crit fail, uh, you take a level of fatigue that will last until you can have a rest of several hours to get rid of it, uh, and you do lose all of the power points for the casting. No, it's not to say that you can't uh, try to do it again, but, yeah, that's a that's a hefty one. Losing dude, five dude. points. So what does it look like when the critical fail happens? How does that manifest here? I basically try and focus, and you can feel the the sand starting to move quicker and quicker and quicker, 
holding my breath and focusing, and then I I stumble uh, a little bit, and like basically I held my breath too long. I run out of breath, and I just ga- start gasping for air in the middle of it. Also, uh, when you critically fail with casting, it ends uh, any other powers that are currently active. So that okay. means the, Does it? Yeah, the darkness is going to disappear. The the sight is going to disappear as well. I'm imagining all the the silt that is blowing around in the air, creating this blanket of darkness. You know, when when it drops, everything just falls. So all the debris plummets back to the ground. Your vision vanishes, but you can now see through normal light again. Um, it ends abruptly. Kadu glances around, moves in closer, places a, a slim hand on uh, your cheek and moves your head a little bit. Looks like you've still got a way to go. You've got a lot of power back there, but you're lacking control. Self-confidence, maybe. You need to work on that, boy. I can help you. And, uh, yeah, I'm like obviously winded and listening, and I shake my head. Sprints are rare out here in the desert. It's an endurance trial. It's how long you can go, not how fast. Well, sometimes it's speed, but you, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. To build that endurance, I think uh, we're in as good a place as any long-form training, getting your body used to the power, enduring hardships, sitting here by the vents, taking in the power, basking in it, resisting its effects. Do you good, do better over a prolonged period of time, but you can make do with what you have right now, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that uh, he would want to do here with her? Try to do that meditation? Yes, definitely. Yeah, like, if we... I think it it would be a very good time to roll over into a training, like, uh, if you need me to make any rolls or anything like that. Maybe as this is happening, we pan over to the entrance of the cave and uh, see a... You, you see... Uh, a very large hulking form of a Karnak stomping their way up the side of the the trail leading past the cave here. Looks almost exactly like Silica, just maybe one and a half times the physical size. Holy shit. Slower lumbering movements has that same inexpressive face that has a glint of further severity in the eye. And maybe it uh, notices you on its way over there and just pauses for a moment to glare at you. Hi. Just blows smoke out its nostrils and uh, turns to the training room. Has to lean down through the the frame a little bit and stomp in. Silica recognizes the form of his biological father, Hees. Looms in the doorframe. You know, your darkness disappears. There's light again, followed only by standing in the shade of your biological father's shadow. Still can't hold control, boy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the end of another main feed, Silica Valley. Thank you for spending your time with us. Neon Heat Season 4 is on the horizon. We'll have an announcement up about that in the next couple of weeks, I would think. But before all that, let's dive right into this. Savage Worlds is owned by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and you can find them and their products online at peginc.com. Our music this week was by Marcus D., who you can find at Marcus D. on Twitter and at MarcusD.net. If you want to chat with us on our show Discord, hey, why don't you wander on over to patreon.com slash RPG for you and me, where right now... 
the $10 a month tier opts you into a play-by-post game that I'm running in Toshi. So that's pretty cool, I think. And without patron support and interest, we couldn't make things like play-by-post campaigns happen. And there are just a couple I'd really like to say thank you to. Thank you, of course, and always to Michael, Chase, Valentine, Ezra, and Nakoda. Welcome to the main feed, Nakoda. We are pleased as punch that you're joining us. And of course, thank you to Caleb Sunstead, Jackie, Zach, Ben Hatton, Paxton, Gerald, and Alex. Thank you all for your support. And we're so excited to share with you what's coming up because it's pretty cool, you guys. But until next time, I hope you're keeping well, keeping warm in this winter, and being kind to each other. See y'all later.